Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Comics Are Better podcast, where we talk about the world of indie comics. Get out of town, DC and Marvel. We're here to talk about indie <laughs> comics. I've probably made that joke before, but if this is your first time listening, that's the first time I made that joke. And <laughs> this is Brian, one of your hosts, and with me, as always, are Carrie. Hello. And Richard. Hey. Hey. So, uh, let's go ahead and get into our episode as always i like to uh break the ice like a good polar bear would <laughs> and um we're gonna my question of the week for you all is that since uh carrie and i are actually gonna be going to uh WonderCon, which is this weekend uh which actually probably will delay the episode next week just letting you all know but we probably won't release on thursday we'll probably release on the weekend sometime but um in the but beforehand my question for you is, when you guys go, it doesn't have to be a comic book convention. When you guys go to a convention, mm-hmm. it's like your favorite part or favorite thing to do at the convention. Oh, I'm a dealer room person. I always want to go to the dealer room and see what's what, see what what I can wheel the deal. And also just like, sometimes it's just good, good to walk by those uh, cases of comics that you came before. And it's like, oh, like this person has... Amazing Fantasy 15 and Spider-Man number one and uh, Detective Comics 27, all in the same craze. I hate this person also. That's really neat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like this love and hate at the exact same like, time. It's like, I remember one time I was at a con, it was the first con I've been to in a while. And like one person had like FF number one, uh, Journey into Industry 83, like just all these grails in their little case. And I was just like, I was just like, I hate this, but I love that in proximity to it. Like it was so cool. <laughs> like, I was in the same room as this, this stuff. <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I think for me, because spoiler alert, I like books that are sometimes not comic books. Mostly, mostly, most oh, of yeah. the time. Um, I uh, I like to read. I'm sorry. I'll take that back. I like to meet like the authors who are self-published who get booths um, on the convention floor at a con mm-hmm. because I just like to talk to them about their writing processes and like mm. the difficulties of and like like the pros and cons of self-publishing and like how long it took them to write. Like I've met some really like really lovely people doing that and everyone's just so free with their advice of like this worked for me, this didn't work for me or whatever. And so um, I sometimes you meet really elitist people like i met one woman bless her but do you remember the fantasy writer that i met she I was so, like yeah. i've been writing this book since eighth grade it took you that long and then she was like <laughs> and i'm also a cosplayer so i have like a really large fandom on instagram and they basically paid for my kickstarter to publish my book and I was just like, you know, if you're showing your titties, awesome. Like, this is great. That's how you make revenue. I understand that. And I'm like, but I'm more concerned about, like, that she was, I mean, I was just like, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I was being a little mean in my head about it. But she was very nice. And she did give me some tips. But I also don't have a fandom mm-hmm. or fans or a community. I'm, I'll show my tits sparingly, <laughs> but not all the time. And so, like, I can't make as much money. So, you know, I mean, there's some things that won't work for me. Um, but yeah, I do like meeting people like that. It's always really fun. Mm-hmm. I kind of I love meeting people that show their tits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, kind of in, I'm kind of in the middle um, of both of you, y'all, when it comes to my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, you know, not only, you know, I do like, you know, knowing, going to like my known commodities of like, artists and writers that i enjoy and like and that supporting them um which is great you know like because like when you buy something at the convention more or less it goes to that independent publisher it goes to the uh, you know the creators like directly more than it does when you buy it from like you know a shop or amazon or something like that mm-hmm. not that supporting your lcs's are very important as well don't get me wrong but it is kind of nice to like directly give money to yeah, sure. the people creating you know the stuff that you like um but also at the same time, I can think of countless like things I've ended up loving just because I walked by their booth and was like, what's that? 
that looks pretty cool. Bumper then, boy. Yeah, like bumper boy. Um, which one thing I think we might do. I, we should yeah. we should do a bumper boy book. <laughs> that that was probably like my, one of my favorite things I ever discovered at a con. You have a crush on Debbie um, Huey. <laughs> she was pretty cool, and I was very young. Um, but yes, um, but yeah, I um it, it yeah, it's it's always cool just to find very cool creators that might have not hit their like you know got their break yet and like be able to like you know kind of promote them and like help them out and like you know get you know get get them known essentially which is kind of like what we do on this podcast this is why like i do we do diy corner and all that kind of stuff for the same reason so yeah i guess i'm that kind of person <laughs> very cool yeah well, as cons are fun, yeah, they absolutely. they are absolutely. The, the only thing I will say about cons is they're all pretty much the same. I've been to video game cons, I've been to anime cons, I've been to porn cons, I've been to comic cons. I haven't been to an NAACP con. Hmm. The setup's always the same. <laughs> There's a, a, a some sort of main dealer room. There's a uh, like an artist alley where amateurs are selling their stuff. There's people signing. Like yeah. in all circumstances, they're all pretty much the same setup, except some have a gamer room and some don't. Okay, my eyes lit up when you said I've been to a porn con. We're gonna talk off air because oh, I yeah. want to know more about that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, they do a uh, exotica every year down here. Um, like usually at the beginning of the summer and when it is i think either the first basically the low traffic days women get in for free so a friend of mine was like like with a man so my friend was like yeah i'm going you want to go and i was just like I've, like they buy billboards and stuff all over the city so you know when it's happy i was just like oh this thing has been going on for years i should go so we went and it was fun but also i was kind of shocked how much it was just like a comic convention <laughs> yeah yeah there's people nerding out over their favorite people and... yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's, that's awesome it's, it seems that um all fandoms no matter what it is and no matter how like nerdy of a surface that they have they you know the the, the fans are always nerds for whatever it right is. right it's, it's just like it's, oh it's yeah like, it's less about that, but I feel like we yeah. only figured out how to organize these things a certain way. A certain, so yeah. like, it's just you just you know you just plug and play the fandoms, but like the setup is always the, essentially the same. Absolutely, that is so funny. Like, I went to, I mean, like I went to like a um, a craft fair one time when I was in my early twenties. It was the same place as they do San Diego Comic Con, <laughs> and I remember like feeling it was like the same thing too, like just the way yeah. all the booths were set up and everything like that. And I was like, yeah, this is for like you know like you know diy crafts and and like in like this is like their demographic is like you know like women between the ages of 40 and 80 and yet <laughs> it has the same vibe and same feel as comic Con. So i totally know what you mean like they're all basically the same so yeah very cool and i didn't i did enjoy myself it was nice That's and i fun. told the person i was with not to get the pretzels at the same comic con because at least or say or at the San Diego convention center because at least back then they sucked and they were not worth the ten bucks that they that the price point was. Yeah. So I won't say what brand they were because I won't. Uh, I want. I don't want to put anyone out on blast. But yeah, they weren't that good. Um, no, air your grievances, smite your enemies. Yes. <laughs> well, if uh, we ever if we ever do a uh, if we ever do a Patreon, I'll I'll have an entire episode about what pretzels sucked at San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you. Consider that ice broken. And now we'll go ahead and move on to our regular scheduled show. As I watch my dog fall asleep in front of us, Johnny's here. Everyone, anyone has their their uh, comments are better bingo card. Uh, you can mark <laughs> that off that Johnny is present at this time, and he's been mentioned. Um, all right. Well, first things first. We got DIY corner, and um, actually, it's technically not a comic book, but it is comic book adjacent. So I want to talk about it. Um, you know, uh, Pinocchio, it's kind of a thing right now. I mean, it won an Oscar. So, um, but it just happens that uh, Mike Mignola, yes, of Hellboy fame, um, and Lemony Snicket of like the series of unfortunate events, uh, they've collaborated together to do a new annotated illustrated version of the actual book of Pinocchio. So it's not a comic, but it has original Mignola art in it, so it's worth it right there. The covers 
and everything look amazing. There's a very affordable PDF version and a very hard to afford, <laughs> difficult to afford <laughs> hardcover. But if you're, hey, you know what? If you have it and you want it, like physical copy, this is something beautiful to have. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, it's a little pricey, but yay. Like I said, it's definitely worth it if you can afford it. Um, yeah, I don't really have to. I don't have to like push up Mignola's art. I mean, like if you know it, you know it, and you know it's great. And um, and I never read the series of unfortunate events books, but I, the vibe I get from that series, it makes sense that somebody like Lemony Snicket would be writing like annotations for Pinocchio. Um, so yeah, it looks really cool. Um, definitely worth checking out. It still has like 30 days to go on the um, the Kickstarter, uh, so you do have. Oh, they they made their goal though. Oh yeah, oh, nice. They they uh, they've like yeah, done it like, six like... times already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the the goal, original goal was fifty thousand dollars, and they're at three hundred forty one thousand at this time. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about stretch goals. It's time for stretch goals because uh, they are definitely in that area. So like like we talked about last week, you know, like um yeah, they've already hit their goal and they're going to publish it, so that's a good time to get into it because at least you know you're going to get you know or at least you know the you, these people are also reliable you know people making these these books. So it's a good chance that you'll be getting this book as well as uh you um can help contribute to get more cool stuff and also help get these you know creators paid more too. So Definitely check it out. Uh, we'll have it in the note. We'll have the uh, link in our notes as always. So yeah, please check it out. Those hardcovers are gorgeous. Like yeah. I'm looking at all, all of it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not paying this kind of money, but it's all very pretty. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm definitely. Um, I'm in the PDF uh, area of of uh, myself economically, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if I could, if I could definitely afford a hardcover, I would totally be doing it because these things look absolutely amazing. So, all right. Well, speaking about absolutely amazing, it's time to get into our spotlights where we talk about absolutely amazing comics that we recommend. Um, Richard, since I'm about to cough, would you like to go first? Sure. That sounds like something I could do. <laughs> Ooh. So Excuse this me. week, I I checked out uh, Black Cloak number one uh, by Kelly Thompson, Mer- Meredith McLaren, and Becca Carey. Mm-hmm. Um, this book's good. It's mm-hmm. weird. It is weird, weird. Uh, basically, we open with someone like looking like they're drowning or being murdered, but they're a mer person, mm-hmm. and you're not sure what the fuck's going on. <laughs> and then, uh, so we meet our uh, main character. Her name is uh, she goes by Faye. Her name's like Phaedra. And so, what we know about her is that she's a black cloak, and black cloaks seem to be some sort of like detectives. And also, she's an exile. And uh, what we find out is that she was exiled, or on one of her cases, we find a dead body. It's been stabbed through the chest. And the dead body is a, uh, of a royal prince who Phaedra was once, like, betrothed to. And she was exiled, I guess, for calling off the marriage. So basically, the being a black cloak, like having that distinction, is the only thing that like keeps her from like, like I guess not like either being killed or being completely ostracized from society. But uh, this basically, um, the crown prince is killed, and he's killed by like some sort of gold dagger because it leaves gold residue on wounds when uh, after uh, like uh, it interacts with the person's blood. So in this world, there's like animal people, there's bird people, there's all sorts of things. And I guess this prince was like, he would hang out at flop houses and pick up prostitutes or whatever. So he gets murdered at a bar. But also, they find out that the the woman he was there with is murdered as well. And then she is found half eaten by a, a, a mermaid. But I guess she was already poisoned so the mermaid like choked on the poison after he tried to eat her weird yes it's kind of all over the place <laughs> but, but uh phaedra actually has to go back to the royal palace it's the first time she's been back since she's been exiled and she talks to the queen and basically vows that she'll find it but the thing is is that the queen's like if you didn't get yourself exiled and you just married my son like none of this would have happened like this is kind of all your fault 
So she just has bad relationships everywhere. She gets beat up by her brother when she enters the palace and basically is uh, escorted promptly out. But then the uh, basically the issue ends with uh, Faye uh, basically they're trying to take her off the case. You know, she's going to stay on or whatever. But uh, she gets stabbed at the precinct by like just some random dude. And like the issue ends with her like blood spilling on the floor. Mm. But yeah, it's an interesting book. It's a very weird world. Like I kind of don't have, like I'm trying to find the language for it because I kind of haven't grasped it yet. But like, like I definitely want to read the next issue. It definitely, you know, it's, it's a unique book if, if nothing else. Yeah. Very cool. Absolutely. It sounds, and I, I did read it as well. And I, I loved it. Um, I mean, it's not a hot take to say that like Kelly Thompson is one of the best like writers in comics right now. She's very good at comics. And (laughs) what I really, 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 really (laughs) enjoyed about this comic is that like Kelly Thompson, just like you know, most like creators have their like signature flavor of like creation. And this one doesn't have the same taste as like her other great books but yet it's still great and mm-hmm. that's i mean she totally takes a different gear here and it works and like i'm like congratulations you're out of you know like you're you're out of your element but you're still making fantastic work it's it's pretty cool <laughs> you know like i love it you know kind of like the same feeling i got when um when i saw like zadarsky write a serious comic and i was like Hey, <laughs> like you can do this and you do it well. So like congratulations. You're you're amazing. <laughs> uh, just like you know, being in the same room as like uh action comics and, and amazing fantasy, you know, it's like I love it and hate it at the same time. Because <laughs> like you, you can do everything. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, very cool. So I guess I'll do I'll go ahead and do my uh spotlight really quick. I obviously also really enjoyed it. Um, it was it's a biography comic for all ages, but I would con- I would say that this is more of like a late mid to late teen um all ages book, even though Amazon has it from baby to age 17. I, I, don't, I don't think this book is for babies, but that's just me. Um, but it's uh it's on uh, one of my favorite all-time people. Like I love Frida Kahlo. And this book is Frida Kahlo. Her life, her work, her home. Francisco de la Mora is the writer and artist. And um, it's basically, it's it's your biography, you know, of her. And but what I really enjoy about this book is not only does his art is very reminiscent to Frida Kahlo's work. So, like, it just, it feels like you're reading a Frida Kahlo painting. And not only that, but most of the words in this comic come from like Frida's diary. Oh cool. Like like he quotes her diary for like most of like of, of the story. And there's a few things like she obviously quotes a, a like Diego interview as well. Diego Rivera being her uh, her husband twice removed a couple times uh, they were married. Um and um and it, you know it does it gets into a lot of like the nitty gritty. It definitely gets into like diego's infidelity um and and like it all but it you know it it doesn't dive into frida's sexuality a lot but like i said it's an all ages book so i can kind of see maybe you know not not doing it that like maybe for an older you know an older crowd having that stuff but you know it gets into her accident gets into her having polio as a child it kind of it gets into like having to be um, the only reason why she really got into painting was because of the accident that she was in, where she basically um, got a metal tube like stuck in to her spine mm. in a in a basically a bus accident. A bus hit a tram, and um, every time I hear about this, it always sounds so painful. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it caused pain the rest of her life. But basically, it made her bedridden. And when she was stuck in her bed, that's when she began painting. So, like, this awful, awful tragedy is what led to her, like, becoming, you know, like... Well, because she she became very, like, introspective, and she was, like, kind of stuck alone with her thoughts, and so 
you know, it's that's part of the surrealism movement is that you just have like way too much fucking time on your hands and you need a, an outlet. And and they have like panels of her like drawing self portraits of herself, but by using a mirror on top, you know, above her bed, basically, to, to so she can see herself while she's painting in bed. And so he's incredible. Yeah, and and like, and it gets into you know like her travels into the U.S. Um, it gets into the whole you know Trotsky and all the communist stuff, and it also got it gets into um, uh, like like one of the, like the most beautiful slash tragic things of her life was that she finally got a show in Mexico. It was the only it's basically the only time that she ever had a gallery exhibit while she was alive in Mexico. Um, and she's, if you don't know pretty call, she's, she's Mexican. And, um, and so she, so it was a big thing and it was towards the end of her life. She, she left, she did live a relatively short life and, um, but she was so like in pain and in like, and like, like wasn't able to like move that they actually literally had to build a bed in the gallery for her to lay in so she could be at her gallery. And like, and everyone kind of like, you know, congratulated her and everything like that. So, so yeah, her first, you know, show in Mexico, she was bedridden, but hey, she was there, you know. Yeah. And what's really cool too is that one thing that I always found amazing about Frida Kahlo was that, yeah, she lived a very painful existence, but like, despite what she wrote in her journals, everyone's like, she never complained. <laughs> like, she was like, oh, this is my life and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to complain about me being always in pain because like, what's the use, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm just going to live my life. So, you know, I think that's amazing and it's indicative of a very strong person. So definitely um, this biography was really good. Uh, it's, the artwork was great. Like I said, the um, I love the fact that they use Frida's words um, to tell the story. So yeah, big recommend. I, We'll push back a little bit because I I, I think the book is phenomenal. I, I, I'm not saying anything against the book, but I will say that I think as far as her not complaining, mm -hmm. I think she probably did. But the way the culture can be sometimes, you know, in Mexico is that maybe her complaints weren't taken seriously. Yeah. And so at one point she just stopped complaining. That could be, you know, especially scary. knowing her the kind of relationship she had with uh, Diego Rivera. Yeah, I kind of just get that vibe from it too. I mean, there's a lot of women's issues in Mexico still to this day. Mm -hmm. It's a very um, sexist society, and women are definitely seen as like it's funny because like the grandma, like the old ladies, revered, but like young women are not seen on any sort of high level you know it's no and so i just i uh, that's the only thing i'm gonna say on that but like yeah yeah and i i could totally see that being true as well but i i do i do think frida Kahlo is like a very important historical figure mm -hmm. and i think she's a fucking badass and i think more yeah. people should learn about her yeah but i think maybe the one thing i didn't like was that they didn't talk about her torrid affair with josephine baker there in uh france which... isn't that alleged though um or is there documentation it, it's, it's been it's been like basically proven like that that they had a, a oh okay a bit of an Be affair. because i um i have a student who i have a couple of students who identify as gay and so we they were asking me for like advice or, or like they they'll, they'll like confide in me right they're like you know i'm gay and i'm like cool whatever live your truth like i don't care you know just just be happy be be authentic you know it's mm -hmm. so like i told one i was like you really need to look into frida Kahlo because i'm like she was an an lgbtqia plus advocate i'm like she was a disability advocate she was a, wo a woman advocate like you would really like her she was really fucking cool and just like kismet, I wore my Frida Kahlo socks today, and we're talking about. <laughs> he did. So, I picked yeah. them out. Oh yeah, was that on purpose? Because oh, you didn't know I was. Gonna no, do this I didn't book. know. I yeah. don't read the document like I oh, should. I, well, I didn't write. It. I actually, <laughs> it I didn't. Uh, I didn't write down my spotlight until oh, like maybe like an hour. No, before, I just, so. I just picked your socks out. Yeah, and then I also wore my Hellboy shirt today, and we just talked about my. That is also 
this is me just <laughs> vibing it in yeah. the morning when I was apparently dressing you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time you to put him in the little uh, sailor suit with a lolly. <laughs> yes. Oh fuck! And oh the my God. curls. I wish I could have curls. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> you would look like such a dipshit with curly hair. I would, I'm so I would. glad you don't. <laughs> well, I would at least have hair though. <laughs> so. I know between your receding hairline that you got when we were first together <laughs> and bald, I much prefer you bald. Okay, well, thank you. there and it's official now because I've said it on the podcast. Yes, and you're gonna edit it out before. It... <laughs> yeah. No, th- no. Again, this is a no edit. Okay, I want a no edit train. Yes, choo choo. Um. <laughs> Right. Well, speaking about dressing and addressing, we're going to address our uh, next part of our podcast, which is our main subject. I wish you guys could see the dirty look I'm giving Brian for that. (laughs) Um, Strangers in Paradise, Volume 1 by Terry Moore, which is a Abstract Studios book. I couldn't think of that word in person. Great. But this is Carrie's choice, so now I don't have to think about words, and I'll, I'll go ahead and, and hand this over to her. Literally, actually, because I'm going to give her the tablet. Oh, okay. Well, so in case um, she needs it. I know, the bo- I know the story. Oh, yeah, I know. I just, just in case. So, um, I picked... Let's go back to a time where Carrie likes to talk about herself. Okay, so I picked Strangers of Paradise because um, it's like a really long run. I mean, I don't know the years it's run, but um, there's about seven or eight pocketbooks. And what they are is that they're, they're tiny. I want to say maybe six inches by six inches um, graphic novels. But there's like multiple issues in them and like back matter and stuff. So that was one of the first. That's probably like the second series I ever read on my own after we were first married. And so I devoured those books. I have them somewhere in our storage. I absolutely love Strangers in Paradise. Um, and I've probably shared this story before. So if you've heard it before, skip like 30 seconds. And if you haven't heard it before, this is Carrie at her finest. So and this is the this is the story. This is the Terry Moore story. I, and yeah. we found out that Mr. Moore started following our podcast. Um, once he figured out that we were doing Strangers of Paradise. And in the off chance that he is listening, I mean, that's really fucking rare, but in the off chance that he is listening, Mr. Moore, I dearly apologize (laughs) for the incident that happened so many years ago that I live with to this day, burned in my mind. And I die from embarrassment every time I think of it. So for some reason, if you're listening, really, I would, I bet you again, I would be much better behaved. Um, So we were at a con, it was WonderCon, like maybe 2018. It was like our first ever con. It was like our first con, so maybe like 2015. It was yeah. a long ass time ago. And Terry Moore had a booth. I did not know this. He was there to sign and, you know, whatever. So we walk by. I'm super starstruck. He's there. I go to shake his hand. And instead of talking to him like a normal human being, I stand there and hold his hand and stroke his hand for about a good two, three, four minutes. And I, in my mind, am telling him like how profound his work is, how much I love his art, how it's inspired me, blah, 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 blah. And no sound is coming out. And so I'm just standing there like a dipshit holding a, <laughs> an adult man's hand without his consent um, to the point where he looked at Brian and was like, is this what we're doing? Like, she was just <laughs> going to hold my hand. And so Brian was like, I think I think he maybe wants to take a picture. I'm like, uh-uh, I- I'm okay. And I just continued holding his hand awkwardly for another 30 seconds. And then I was like, okay, bye. I mean, it was really embarrassing. I'm not very proud of that. I don't do well meeting like famous people or people that I admire. I'm petrified of doing that now because I am a, a weirdo like that. But that is my Terry Moore story. Um, <laughs> I do not. It was, it's really, I mean, like, it's a stupid story, but it's, it's not the way I wish I would I would have done it. So that is my story. Um, but Strangers in Paradise Volume One covers the first three issues of um the 
story, we meet two characters, or three in the first issue. We meet uh, Kachu, we meet Francine, and we meet Freddy. Now, Kachu and Francine are best friends, and they're roommates. It's untight. <laughs> so they live together. Um, Francine is dating a man named Freddy. And the crux of the story is that Francine and Freddy have not had sex yet. And Freddy is the type of person who really wants it and he's not getting it and he's not very happy. Kachu likes to kind of rub it in his face and tease him about it because she thinks the guy's a fucking asshole and she's absolutely correct. He's a huge asshole. So you learn that in the process of this, that Kachu um, is a lesbian and she's actually very, very, very much in love with Francine. Francine, for whatever her reasonings are, I, I've, I think Francine at this point of the story, at the very beginning, she's very naive. Um, I don't think she really realizes that Kachu's feelings for her are that deep. Um, if she does, she's probably just pushing it off to the side mentally and emotionally to not deal with it. Um, so you find out that Freddie and Francine break up because Freddie's tired of waiting for Francine to put out. This absolutely causes a lot of emotional bullshit for Francine, um, which only just pisses off Kachu to no end. She's very, very upset. In the meantime, she's also meeting, she ends up meeting a young man named David. And he's very smitten with Kachu right away because Kachu's also a very beautiful woman, but she's definitely um, her vibe of the characters. She's much more hardened. You know, she doesn't take shit from anybody. She tells people to fuck off to their face. Um, she's that kind of woman. And she basically just says it like, you know, I'm not going to let any man fuck me over. I'm not going to let any man do that to me. Like, fuck off. So she's a lot more like, assertive and aggressive when dealing with men uh francine is definitely like your wilting lily type of woman you know kind of stereotype so we find out that um freddie the ex-boyfriend now is like fucking someone on the side uh because he's done with waiting for francine francine is so desperate to get back with freddie that she goes and is um and dresses like sexily, like wears a trench coat with like very little underneath to surprise him at his office. And uh, she walks in on him fucking someone else, which totally destroys her. Um, she goes home. She's a wreck. Kachu's very upset. She's taking care of Francine. Um, Freddie calls to say that I want to meet. He meets and Francine jumps at the opportunity. Um they go and they meet and he's like, you know, I'm done. Um, I just, this needs to be official. You know, it's essentially why I'm like meeting you in a, in a public place and I've got to go. I have someone else waiting in the car. And so Francine loses her fucking shit. She starts stripping in the, um, in the uh, park and we don't see her fully naked, but it's insinuated that she gets completely naked in the park as she's like ranting and raving at Freddie uh, in the next couple of scenes, you see David and Kachu at their at Kachu and Francine's house. Um, David is very sweet. He recites poetry. He's gets her coffee. He's, you know, very sensitive. Um, and is the, I'm assuming is not like any other man that Kachu has met at that time. Um, Francine is naked and drives the car into the home. Uh, she gets in a car accident right in front of the house. Um, just wrecks everything. So she's basically like unconscious, like in a coma, like in the bed. And Kachu just sees red at this point. She's absolutely upset. So you... Oh gosh, I just drew a blank. So, um... At this point, Kachu decides, like, okay, I'm going to take care of this, you know, this motherfucker myself. And, oh, I, I guess I should have mentioned this before. Like, there are 
to chew. I guess I'm just like telling the whole fucking story. Sorry, I didn't mean to. It's up to you. Look how you want to do it. Like I guess I'm just I'm I'm doing it. So Kachu has a gun. Mm-hmm. She's very good at um shooting. So we don't really understand like why she has the gun. Um, Is she ex-military? Oh no, you will find out in volume two. Why. I mean, I know why she has the gun and why she's so <laughs> well trained. But um, she has a gun and she's an extremely good uh, marksman. So she, we find out that she ends up going to Freddie's um apartment and she threatens to castrate him for all of the bullshit that he's done to Francine and he's this and he's that and he's a piece of shit and blah 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 so David stays with Francine to watch her overnight Kachu comes home the next morning and she's like you know hey I took care of it and David's like oh my god I cannot believe you did that and she's like oh well I didn't really have to I you know when he when he gets down I think, you know, it's it's punishment enough. And so you turn to the next page and she put clown makeup on Freddie and hung him up in a Macy's window display and put a magnifying glass over his cock and basically said, made a little sign that says, hey, ladies, I'm ready, Freddie. You know, are you ready to go or whatever, whatever it says. But like, it's, it, everyone is laughing all these women are gathered in front and he has like a micro peen so everyone's like making fun of him or whatever for it so he vows vengeance on Kachu. and then we find out that uh as francine's waking up she has baby amnesia um she's acting really weird she's not like herself and this entire time like Kachu's because she's you know frantic about Francine like she's very very upset because that is someone who is she's very much cares for so she ends up getting arrested um for felonious assault for kidnapping for all these things right because Freddie unfortunately is a man with um position and power so he gets her arrested so she ends up in jail and this big fat fucking slob of a sheriff um starts like sexually harassing her and touching her while she's in the cell so the next thing you know is that she has the sheriff on the floor like literally begging for his life because she's like i will fucking kill you if you put your hands on me again and there's like this almost like shady cop who's been interrogating her and you don't really know who he is and i don't think they mentioned his name but he um no he really. he tells the guy, he tells the sheriff, like, fuck off. I know you've been doing this. Like, uh, we're going to put a stop to it. Like, you need to stop doing them, you know, doing this to people, blah, blah, blah. So he's, like, on Kachu's side, like, for that. And Kachu was like, well, fuck this. I'm pressing charges. So the sheriff is all pissed or whatever. But the guy tells Kachu, he's like, hey, you have an FBI uh, file on you. And I'm not going to be able to get that until tomorrow morning. But then we're going to talk about why you have an FBI file on you. So uh, David goes to visit Kachu while she's in holding. And all she can talk about is Francine. Like, who will take care of her? I can't believe this happened to her. Like, I should have killed that motherfucker when I had the chance. If I was going to be in jail anyways, I should have gone away for that and not for this and blah, blah, blah. So um, David is there just kind of like, you know, like comforting her. Like there's not a a lot going on. But um, as it goes on, we find out that um, Margie, the the poor secretary that didn't stop Francine from going in hard enough to where she found Freddie in a compromising position. She got fired, but she knew that Freddie cooked the books. So Margie and Francine break into Freddie's office to get a floppy disk file mm-hmm. of the biggest client. It was the 90s. I love it. I love it. And that he that basically has all of the, the cooked books on it. So Freddie happens to go. Margie escapes. Francine's seducing Freddie. Freddie is falling for Francine's seduction because that's the 
white whale, right? That's yeah. that's the one he never got. So he's like starting to go for it. And she's like, drop the charges against Kachu or I tell them about this company. And I have, I have, and I have the right evidence. There. And so he's like, no, you don't. Like, how do you even know about that? And so she tips over where he would have kept it and it's not there. And so she's like, I want my friend back. And like, Kachu gets released mm-hmm. and gets to go home. And uh, we now see that David is more of an integral part of their, you know, their little household. And Margie's also there as well. And so she's becoming part of like the little group of friends, which is really cool. And they all kind of celebrate their friendship and how they did it turn, like how like new friends can also be friends like loyal friends and how some friendships are just like stronger than others. And so it's a really cute ending. Um, did I miss anything? No. So. Okay. So I just essentially told you the entire uh, synopsis, like in-depth plot. Should, of, we, should we put a spoiler alert before this? I guess I'm going to have to do spoilers, but it's an old ass comic and you guys should have been reading this. Yeah, this is, this is like, a, <laughs> this is like from the, <laughs> this is a staple, this is a staple this comic. Is, absolutely. Too. Um, so sorry, and I I should have said something, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, okay, I need to know, did you guys like it? I liked it a lot. Yay. Yeah, I can see why this is a staple comic. Yeah. yeah. I okay, so Richard, mm-hmm. Brian and I always chat about the books beforehand. This is all we talk about in comics. We don't talk about anything else. No, no, no. <laughs> but like, I always get super nervous about you liking a book because oh, you don't have to even if i don't no. like it it's fine i'd like to try stuff out no, yeah. no no no. but i think it makes me really happy if you like the book because i don't know i just get really happy if you like it so i'm glad you liked it yeah no, so it's funny that book was coming out right as i was getting into comics like i probably started like really reading comics the summer of 95 and this book wow. uh started coming out in 96 so I always remember like the ads around it, the push behind it, like, you know, things like Wizard and like, you know, catalogs I'd order comics from. But like, you know, I, I was 13, 14 at the time, or no, not even, I was like 12 at the time. So this comic of just like two like women on the cover, it didn't appeal to me, but like, I, it's one of those things like, I'm glad I read it because one, it was good, but also two, I was always like, I wonder what's going on in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, it's and just, like, you know, something I've basically been aware of my whole comic fandom, but I just never had any time to go check, you know, check out one of the books. Mm-hmm. No, same as well. I mean, like it has such an intriguing name as well, like Strangers in Paradise. Like, what is that? What does that mean? And like, and then, and then like the covers, you know, have like the Terry Moore art in it. And like, I think, I think he does, it feels like for his covers, he does one style and he does another style for the actual the strip, at least in this first volume, it felt like that. Mm-hmm. But both are both are excellent. Like those both those styles. And and I and like and they're both, you know, they both work with each other, obviously, because there's the same same artist. But but um but yeah, I, I remember running going into a comic book shop and seeing you know the you know the collected editions or the uh the singles of these and you'd be like oh what is this and like just but at the time you know it's like you know spider-man and batman and stuff or that's right yeah. yeah you know it's what, what i was reading and it wasn't until like the mid 2000s when i started you know getting into indie books more so so yeah i mean like i'm glad and this is one just like carrie's last choice this is one of those books where i was always kind of afraid to start because i knew she loved it so much and i was like like i know i'm gonna probably like it but at the same time it's like what if i don't yeah <laughs> you know because and- then it's like how quickly can i find a divorce lawyer <laughs> for i don't oh even know how goodness. to i don't even know how to list in in irreconcilable comic book differences is that even something that we can am i gonna end up in the macy's window (laughs) no i would never be violent towards you i would just leave you so if you make more money and you can pay me alimony (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding no but um it's um i really hope that you guys read some other volumes because this story at this point is so light and yeah richard made a, an excellent comment um 
before we started recording about how the vibe of this is like a comic strip and how then he read the back matter and Terry Moore mentions that this was originally intended to be a comic strip type of comic and it, it the artwork the vibe it very much pairs with that but it's so it's so surface level right now mm-hmm. and it's cute and the girls are bubbly and it's really over the top like the the whole castration scene is hilarious because yes she's that angry you know she's not gonna you know going into it she's not gonna castrate him you know it's funny it's um kachu is a very um gregarious loud type of character right now but the way they evolve and the way that their relationship becomes so complex and how david fits into it um and the backstories of why the women are the way that they are Mm -hmm. is the probably the finest work i have ever seen in any type of book i have ever read about the human experience Mm -hmm. the way terry moore writes about them they feel foreign and familiar at the same time Mm -hmm. and i i will give this semi-spoiler as you delve more into the backstories it becomes more and more out of this world not literally like space but you know it's just so nuts at some points that you're like this is this is fake like you like rationally you're kind of like this is not really this is real but it's so crazy and it's so out there it works insanely well to where it's like oh yeah this this is absolute you you become so attached to these characters and you you experience things through them and when you learn especially kachu when you learn and i'm sure for people who have read strangers in paradise if you're listening you obviously know what i'm implying by that um as you learn her backstory it it does seem very outlandish but at the same time it's not mm-hmm. and you're like oh this is this is why this is why she's like this and it's so intriguing and heartbreaking and lovely and beautiful and there's scenes between Francine and Kachu that are so gorgeous because I think especially women I think we can have these really complex emotions and relationships with other women I mean I've dated women before I could probably say I've loved a woman before I don't it's just such a beautiful way to express that kind of that kind of affection and it's not gross it's not like you know I mean it's not like a gross thing it's never like super sapphic like oh we're gonna watch two women what do people say slap clams um <laughs> never heard that before. i have i have heard that on a podcast before probably because i listen to gross shit but like um it's never like that but it is something just it, the whole thing is just so wonderful and it's so sad and it's so good i just encourage everybody to read it because it is kind of like that quintessential love letter to life and love letter to friendship and what what does friendship mean to you what would you do for a friend what do you do for someone that you are in love with you know um I think those are the questions you kind of ask yourself the more as the more you read the book and the more the more you learn about all the characters and it's just I mean that's what I would say now to Terry Moore if I fucking met him again just be like this book means so much to me because 
I have so many emotions about it. Not let me hold your hand. And not take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and not say anything. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's all I'll be Yeah, that's very, very well put. And like, and, and I obviously, you know, we're all only one volume in, but I could tell, you know, like, you know, like the characters have, you know, some tropes that they, that they hear to, you know, like, especially of the era of like the mid 90s. But at the same time, the you can tell even though you don't really get in fully in depth with everyone yet that there's like a hurricane underneath everybody like that there's something there there's like so much going on beneath the surface that we cannot see yet and i sorry my dog just got got uh tangled in my uh my, my in my cord for the microphone so um we're back <laughs> All right, um, but no, seriously, there is there it, there's so much depth, even though we're not diving underneath the surface yet. It seems like in this book, and for like what I know of Strangers in Paradise, is that it's the story of Francine Kachu and David, and there's hardly any David in this book. So it's like, okay, like what happens? We'll go, you know. So I'm excited to to continue. Yeah, on. um, I didn't know that, but like definitely. Midway through the book, I'm like, oh, David's part of this main cast. I, I know he just got here and it was awkward, but it seemed like it seemed very apparent that he was about to be uh, a main cast character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, a very fun character as well. You know, like, I, I just, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this. And I'm excited too because, like, I got the Humble Bundle, uh, Terry Moore Humble Bundle, a few, I think it was like, was it like a year or a year, two years ago? Maybe a year. And, um, and it, it was basically, it's basically all Strangers in Paradise. It's all like Motor Girl, like everything basically. And it, it's, and I don't think five years is in there, but five years is basically the, the, the big crossover, like the big, like Marvel, um, Infinity War slash, you know, um, Endgame is Endgame. Was the name of that book? Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Um, of, um, uh, of like the Terry Moore universe. And I've been really wanting to read that because everyone says it's so wonderful. And I, I haven't because I haven't read any Terry Moore stuff. And so I wasn't sure, like, you know, like where to start. And so I'm glad you've kicked us in the ass and, like, have us read this. Because now I'm like, okay, cool. I'll continue on and read more of this so then I can get into the other stuff um, as well. For those of you who are who are curious about it or who haven't read it yet, um, so the covers are in color, but the interior artwork is all black and white. Yeah. And to me, the reason that is so important because every fucking panel is beautifully done and is extremely intricate. There are tiny little minute lines and little things that you don't get at first glance when you're reading. And if you go back to it, you will find something new. It is like, it's insane. Um, There is a part where uh, Freddie has a sex worker that he's about to, you know, that he takes home to his apartment. And uh, at first glance, you're just, you know, she's wearing a cute little outfit. You're not really paying attention. And then you look and she's got a tiny little heart tattoo on one of her breasts. And it's just little things like that, like that are subtle differences, you know, and like subtle little, you know, things. Um, I don't know. I just, I just like that. It's the artwork is insane. It's he's the artwork is really good. I feel like it really helped the fact that it's black and white when the artwork gets silly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a really good combination of cartoonist style slash yeah. Like, intricacy. Yeah, there's a lot of um, like some of the face, like the faces that the girls make are very like goofy. Um, you know, again, because this is a very light, it's a very light layer that you're first reading. It's very silly. It's uh, um, I don't know. It's, I don't. Uh, I I know I'm fawning at this point, but I just really like it. I'm glad we read it. And just three issues yeah, too. Me too. And it's like, yeah, wow, they're, they're, you, you a lot what? was packed into those three issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Yeah. I, I really do like Kachu though. Like she's intense. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that seems dangerous. I wanna put put my hand on that stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. Kachu a lot. She is by far the um like the main character of the entire series, and she is incredibly complex. So is Francine. Francine is is complex in a completely different way, but they are both equally very complex characters. Um, Francine seems to have the type a type and just the uh, shittiest guy. Like it's like the shittiest smug guy because there's another yeah. time when she's checking out another guy, and it's like, oh no, that guy seems like a scumbag too. Look how yeah. drunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of a little little insert at the end of this uh, volume. Yeah, it totally. Yeah, but um, one thing I really liked about this as well, um, and and this is like way ahead of its time, is the body types of everybody. There are so many different body types, especially female body types in this story, especially between like Francine and and Kachu. And it's like this is an era of comics where body types were not that diverse. So it's like it's amazing yeah, just true. to see like. You know, like every you know, and everyone's beautiful too. Oh yeah, the time. Char- yeah. You know, like even you know, like even if it's not you know to the stereotypes of like comic book beauty, it's still they're still beautiful. So yeah. it's like yeah. Well, the, when you when you look at Francine, when she strips in the park, mm-hmm. um, she's got a belly. Yeah, she's got a belly on her, and it's just it's really, it's it is really nice. To see that like different body types are celebrated and Francine everyone who sees her thinks she's the the more beautiful one of the two and Kachu is gorgeous and people think Francine is more attractive so it's like it's really it is really cool because mm-hmm. it's it you see it and you're like okay especially like in the 90s when i think a lot of people were being fed like heroin chic like in like not i'm not saying like in comic books but like in media itself yeah. you know like it, it is really cool mm-hmm. to see like a different standard of body that's like oh this is fun you know absolutely agree it, yeah i yeah there's really i mean <sighs> I know we're supposed to technically be critiques, but there's really nothing much to critique about this, no. <laughs> you know. Like, no. so yeah, I, I I did really enjoy this, and I'm I'm excited. I hope, um, yeah, if you want to choose another volume <laughs> later um, down the road, I I will I will say this: the more we get into it, the more emotional I become with it. So okay. I would have a really hard time reading it for the pod. All right, so maybe I'll do a, a spotlight in the future. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's I liked it very much so. I, I know I've already said that a bunch of times. Yeah, you did. But uh, I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Well, do you guys have any final thoughts? Or mm-hmm. are you guys able to, you want to, not able, what that was the wrong word. Are you guys want to go ahead and go to the uh, the closing ceremonies? Yeah, the closing ceremony. Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, once again. Um, you've reached the end of the show. And uh, you're all awesome. You know, if you're still listening, you're the best. <laughs> you know, don't let anyone else say anything bad about you because you are awesome. Welcome to um, Comics Deserve Praise. Or Comic mm-hmm. Fans. And our, our podcast fans, thank you for being there for yeah, us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being awesome. And you can reach us on Instagram, Twitter, and Good Pods at CDB Pod. Uh, Book Clubbers on Friday, we will announce the next episode's main subject on Instagram. And uh, if you want to join in on the conversation or just send us an email, tell us we're cool, tell us we suck, I don't know. Um, Comments are better at gmail.com. And if you're, like I said last week, if you hate listening all the way in here, you secretly like us. <laughs> just admit it to yourself. Um, and then uh, the, um, Actually, I don't want to talk about our website. Our website sucks. Um, Richard, uh, where can we find you on the internet? Um, Top Cat 360 all over social media. I don't know what's going on right now. Probably sports stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are you into March Madness stuff at all? or you? I mean, uh, University of Miami is doing well, so I've kept my eye on that, but I'm not like a big college basketball guy. Yeah. 
and my uh, my alum of San Diego State is uh, doing pretty well as well right now. So, we'll oh see. yeah, yeah. Um, go Aztecs and go Hurricanes. And Carrie, do you have anything else? Oh, no, I don't. Am I supposed to? No, no. Be kind, I guess. Right? Yeah. Don't be an asshole. And I'm. Um, I'm at Brygen underscore CV on Instagram, where I definitely am not an asshole. And uh, so not. that's it for uh, Richard and Carrie. I'm Brian, and this has been the Comics Are Better podcast. And remember, comics are better, and everyone deserves comics. Bye. Bye. I'm hungry. Bye-bye. <laughs>